everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the You Are Not Too Busy podcast. My name is Noam Rader, and I'm your host, and I'm so, so happy that you're here and listening to today's episode. I know that it's going to be beneficial to you in one way or another because the conversation topic today is really near and dear to my heart, and I know pretty applicable for a lot of other girls and women around my age or who have experienced it in the past, but we'll get to that soon. So let's talk about like our little life catch-up also me just kind of rambling about whatever's on my mind. So first things first, this episode is going up about 12 hours later than I would have wanted it to. And the reason I'm saying that is because, well, it's not because it'll probably affect you because I think most people aren't listening to it right when it goes up. So you probably wouldn't have even noticed if I didn't point it out. But why did I point it out? The reason I pointed it out is that I get a lot of DMs on like Instagram or comments on TikTok just being like, how do you balance it all? And the thing is, yes, I do have pretty good time management skills. Yes, it's taken a lot of years to get those. And yes, I am really happy and really proud of where I'm at in terms of balancing lots of different interests, lots of different endeavors, and also, of course, self-care, etc. But I am by no means perfect. Also, I'm so sorry for the siren. I Let's just give it a second. Okay. Okay, let's just give it another second. Okay, anyways, sorry about that, guys. Um, Yeah, I'm not always perfect is the moral of the story, and I did not manage my time properly, and this episode is going up late, and for that, I do apologize, but also, I'm giving myself some slack, and I know that it's really not that big a deal, and it's only 12 hours, and you probably don't even care. Also pointing out the fact that I am literally recording this intro in my car right now, parked in downtown Toronto because I wanted to get this episode up and I don't have time to do it later, so I'm doing it now. Okay, you know what? Let's move on. So what I want to talk about today before we get into the episode is I just feel like I don't know what is going on in the world. And (laughs) I know that sounds kind of silly. Let me better explain. I was just out with my friend Araste and we were saying how I feel like lately I don't know who I am, and that sounds so deep and so existential, and it's really not that serious, it's more so, I just, like, I don't really know, like, let's say, like, what my fashion sense is anymore, I'm like, do I even like this, like, I find myself questioning that, and, like, another thing is, I feel like I don't really know what I look like sometimes, like, the other day, I was filming TikToks, and I was, like, oh, kind of feeling myself, I'm like, you look, you look cute today, And then, like, three hours later, I was getting ready to go out with my boyfriend and his brother, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, my God, you look horrible. And then I caught myself saying that. I was like, wait, 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 literally three hours ago, you thought you looked cute, and you were having a little self-confidence moment. Like, what is going on? Um, So there's just, like, two examples where I feel like my head is just not entirely screwed on right lately. And I feel like I'm in almost, like, a little, another little growth period, which is nice, which is nice, because I feel like I've been stable for a while which is good which is good I'm not complaining about that but part of me always gets kind of excited when there's a little bit more turbulence like a little bit of uneasiness a little bit of like okay let me let me put some effort into getting to know myself and figuring out what is it that I'm working through it's not always pleasant but I know that on the other side it's going to be so much better and I'm going to feel so much more content and um, complete in who I am that it's like worth a little bit of like rockiness and um, self-image and I don't just mean image in terms of like what I look like in the mirror but also like what's my fashion sense what kind of content do I want to make on on like social media what kind of person am I 
I'll stop rambling. But I was it was interesting to hear that my friend was going through kind of a similar, like, I don't even know left from right these days, because it's a good reminder that, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're going through the same thing, like, DM me and let me know. Because it always makes me feel so much better to know that I'm not isolated in these things. And it's not just, like, me who's not being a good 23-year-old and, like, not doing a good job at, like, figuring her stuff out. Like, a lot of us aren't. Okay, done with that rant. It'll probably come up later, but that's fine. Um, let's get into the energy givers of the week. A big energy giver has been thrift shopping. I love thrifting. I've been thrifting for a few years now. I'd say it's probably about, like, a half of my closet at this point. Um, I think especially being so um, privileged and grateful to be able to get um, a lot of, like, clothing and stuff like that, sometimes in collaborations for social media, I really do my best to only buy things especially when they're fast fashion either if like it's something I really really love and I know that I'll get a lot of use of like let's say like a good pair of shoes I'll definitely invest in that or like a good pair of jeans that I know I'll wear a bunch Um, or I try to um, thrift shopping the rest of my clothes because I know that I don't need to be putting more money into fast fashion I'm not here to say that I'm perfect and I don't own any fast fashion because I absolutely do I wish I could say that I could just buy designer clothes and all eco-friendly and sustainable brands but I am just not there financially unfortunately as a medical student so I just do what I can and I think that reminder is really important you don't have to thrift your entire closet but even making a little bit of an effort can go a long way if we all made that effort and on that note as well I also try to Um, resell or donate any clothes that I don't want anymore instead of just throwing them out just not increasing that textile waste so I posted a bunch of clothes that I haven't really worn as much on like an Instagram account that I shared today on my story for anyone who wants to guest thrift from me for super affordable prices but just to like let it go to a new home even things that I still like and like it's not it's not that I would never wear them again I'm just not giving them enough wear to to make it worth just sitting in my closet like that so too long to didn't read but I'm rambling at this point that made no sense moral of the story is uh do what you can do what you can in terms of being more sustainable and I think you need to give yourself credit for that as well okay energy takers of the week guys I know I'm all over the place today cut me some slack I beg you (laughs) okay energy takers energy takers have been exactly what I was talking about just like feeling super disoriented not really um totally in my groove, I guess. And that leads to poor productivity when studying, when doing any social media work, um, leads to like even more irritability and stuff with people around me, which I really try to um, not let affect others, of course, but still I can like feel myself getting more agitated sometimes. So I'm just kind of working through that. Um, The other energy taker lately, and this is like maybe kind of weird to say, but like social media in general, just haven't really been feeling inspired not on Instagram, not on TikTok. I love the podcast. I'm still inspired here. Absolutely love talking to you guys. But I just like don't, don't, I don't know my direction. We're back to this theme. I'm lost. I'm lost. Hopefully I'm found again by next episode in two weeks. But feeling a little bit lost, but that's okay. Anyways, let's get into today's episode. As I mentioned, today's episode is super near and dear to my heart. It's a topic that has affected me personally and has affected a lot of people around me personally, and I think it's really important to talk about more. We're going to be talking all about anti-diet culture, the toxic effects that social media can have on our self-esteem, our body image, and 
all that kind of jazz. I have a super exciting guest, one of my really great friends that I met through the social media space, Katerina, also Katerina M Health on Instagram, and her TikTok is Katerina Mangini, and everything will of course be tagged, but she's absolutely wonderful. She is a dietetic student, so she's still in her training to become a registered dietitian, so it was super cool to get her perspective on I guess the world of dietetics, how that's similar to me in the medical field, how it's different. Um, And we also spoke all about her starting her Instagram and TikTok page, the inspiration for it. And of course, both of our struggles with body image, self-esteem, and social media toxicity. So I think you guys will love this episode. And without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, everyone, let's welcome Katerina to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I know today's conversation is going to be so great. We literally just spent the past like 15 or so minutes on Zoom just like catching up and be like, okay, let's start. We're like, wait, but we got off topic. So (laughs) I'm so excited to jump into it. And I just kind of want to start by talking about your social media content because I absolutely love it. You're one of the first people I saw on TikTok when I started creating content on the platform myself. And I just loved how genuine your content was, your promotion of intuitive eating, body acceptance, and anti-diet culture rhetoric as a whole, but in such a natural way, in a way that is so easy for young girls or older girls or whoever may be to grasp. I'd love to hear your personal journey and how it brought you to these realizations and kind of where it's taking you now. Okay, awesome. Um, First question. So I guess basically I will start from like the beginning um I grew up with a lot of knowledge relating to nutrition just because my mom um she went to one culinary school and she also um studied nutrition so now she's like a health and wellness teacher so we just grew up super aware of it and everything and we also grew up in a very European style household because my dad is from Argentina and my mom is from Spain so we just have a more um European Mediterranean background more from my mom's side obviously Um, and so food was always super fresh super delicious and not really something to fear or anything like that Um, and then so growing up I was always super confident I did a lot of musical theater with my sister and so we were super confident and it wasn't until like middle school high school um, that I kind of became more aware of insecurities, not necessarily that I had on my own, but more just because of what society said, or maybe like what, you know, relatives would say, distant relatives, like that kind of thing. So it wasn't really that I was insecure about things, um, but it was more that my insecurities, like things that I should be insecure about were brought to my attention and like society standards were brought to my attention. So Um, in high school I did try a lot of like yo-yo dieting and like detoxes and that kind of thing more so for physical um, like the physical aspects of my health rather than how I felt I never really focused on how I felt I wasn't intuitive at all Um, none of that and then so yeah so pretty much I was just trying all the fad diets and detoxes and things like that Um, And I didn't really realize that there was an issue or that that wasn't like the best place to be with my relationship with food um, until I came to college. And my first year was an awful, awful first year just because I had a lot of anxiety. I was going through a lot of changes. Um, Just college has been pretty difficult. 
um, mentally. And so I, when I'm anxious, I tend to lack an appetite and I ended up losing weight um, extremely fast. And I just was watching my body basically deteriorate and destroy itself. And at a certain point, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and mope. It wasn't like a one moment to the next kind of thing. It was just like, there's so many people that support me. And I don't want to do anything that's going to, you know, hurt them or hurt me. So I started researching nutrition, I started exercising in ways that felt good. And I just kind of got obsessed with feeling good in my skin. Um, And then I guess around quarantine was when I started to actually live more intuitively. At the point of the beginning of college, when I was uh, learning about exercise and food and everything, I probably wouldn't say that it was like the best mentality towards it yet. Um, That probably came later on when I started my social media accounts. So yeah, sorry, that was a really rambly long intro. (laughs) No, no, we love rambly long intros. I think it's so interesting to hear people's stories and how they they differ in some ways for sure, but there's kind of common themes that still prevail. I thought it was really interesting when you chatted about kind of your relationship with food in high school, because I kind of felt the same way. It almost felt like I didn't have the vocabulary to verbalize what I was thinking. So I didn't like put that negative association with my relationship with food or my relationship with exercise, because like no one really spoke about it. So I think it was there, but I didn't even have the words to say like, oh, maybe this is like an eating disorder. Maybe this is not that good for me. It's just like, this is what it is. And we kind of didn't talk about it. And then it was only when I got to university and almost like in an academic way, also gained that vocabulary, but also through just kind of growing up and, and reading more sources. I was like, oh, like that, that wasn't that good for the past like few years. Like, wow, okay, I, I need to change what I'm doing. Um, so I thought it was really interesting how how those two stories kind of paralleled. And as well, when you mentioned starting into quarantine and social media and all of that, how that actually ended up really helping your journey. And I'd love to get into to more of that. Like, what made you start your account? And what has the process been like, both the ups and downs? Um, so like you were saying, I totally agree that I feel like a negative relationship with food has been so normalized in society, especially with like, our generation and like like you were saying like in high school is probably when people are their most insecure because they're growing into their skin that kind of thing at the beginning of quarantine I think it was or pre-quarantine more so I think it was super normalized for society to kind of have the hustle culture kind of have like a negative relationship with food and then um it was kind of interesting to see during quarantine how that shifted because we were kind of forced to stop and and think about how we felt about things and we had so much time to you know experiment with exercise and experiment with foods that we actually enjoyed so that's kind of when I was inspired to start my Instagram account um I actually have always been interested in cooking just because my mom um is a chef obviously so I just have a natural interest but I basically would post a bunch of healthy recipes on my private friend's Snapchat story at first. And so um, I would do that like once every single day. All my friends were so annoyed with me. They were just like, why are you always posting this? Because it was like, it was probably super repetitive for them. Um, and so at the beginning of quarantine, I was really bored. And I was like, why not just make a little like 
diary for myself um, on Instagram. So I actually made a secret account where I would post my recipes and I just kind of started talking to strangers and, and I made like, I made some like random friends. And then it wasn't until a few weeks later that I told my family and friends about it. And they were all like, oh, this is so cool. They were all super supportive. Um, And it kind of shifted more towards holistic health rather than just like recipes and food and nutrition. Um, After I started IIN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which focuses on health as, um, as a whole. So career satisfaction, relationship satisfaction, um, movement, spirituality, food, all that stuff. Um, and so that's kind of how my Instagram shifted from nutrition more so to holistic health. And then for TikTok, I actually was so against TikTok for years. My friends have had it since like 2017 or 2018. I don't know when it came out. Um, but they were always like making dances. And I was always like, this app is so weird. Why are you guys on it? <laughs> um, and so like everyone, I feel at the beginning of quarantine, um, I got it because I was really bored and I just wanted to watch. Um, and then I found, I was talking about this with Maya Fiorella the other day on her podcast, but I found Caitlin Nolan um, on TikTok and we were saying how she kind of started a movement of um, like really exemplifying how a healthy relationship with food and exercise should look. And so I remember being so inspired by her and wanting to follow more people like her. So I started following a bunch more people that are now a major part of our health community. Um, And I started making my own content. And now it's led me to where I am today. And I'm excited to see where it evolves more and more. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I was also very much like I I got TikTok. I'm like, I'm not going to post on it. Like, it's not the same thing. And then eventually I caved also just by seeing people like your content, but this whole community and I was like oh like it's such a great way to reach a younger audience as well like my analytics as well look on Instagram versus TikTok it's not like a huge difference but it is definitely younger on TikTok like more teenage girls less so than like around my age on Instagram like in their early 20s and I I as much as I still think I kind of vibe more with Instagram in terms of the content I create I find TikTok really important because it is how so many young people are getting their information these days. Like whether it's about diet or it's about politics or health or public health or whatever it may be that I think there needs to be a shift for more people who actually do have either personal experience or like professional knowledge on a field to get on it because otherwise they're just learning from other people with no life experience or no qualifications. That's not to say some teenagers or kids don't have amazing things to say, but I'm sure as you've seen, there is still a lot of negativity and harmful content on there. I find more so than Instagram and other apps. No, I totally agree. I feel like a lot of people compare it to like our generation or this generation's version of like Tumblr. I never had Tumblr, but apparently there was like a lot of toxic energy Mm, on Tumblr (laughs) with like food and all that kind of stuff. I don't really know that much about it, but I feel like there's a whole side of TikTok that's like the the thinspo and like the the accounts that are just promoting like really harmful information that's really scary Mm -hmm. um but that's almost why I feel like it's important that we keep sharing our information so that we kind of like drown it out you know 
Also, yeah. I was going to say that your content, I mean, obviously your content on Instagram is amazing, but your content on TikTok is so funny and creative. I literally, <laughs> you. your, my For You page is all you sometimes because I interact <laughs> with all your videos. <laughs> well, that makes my day to hear. I feel like TikTok is something I literally like, and you can see it, like it'll be like 12 o'clock at night and I'm like, okay, let's make a TikTok now. No makeup <laughs> on nothing. Instagram is definitely more like the aesthetic creative um, aspect of my interest, but TikTok is definitely fun. No shade to TikTok. Um, but yeah, I definitely see that resemblance with Tumblr. I did have Tumblr growing up, like grades like seven, eight, nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was so toxic. Like, I remember I would like pin these photos of like, it was like the thigh gap era, which I'm sure still exists on some portion of the internet. Thankfully, it's not on my For You page anymore. But it'd be these girls with like, thigh gaps literally the width of my singular thigh and I would pin these as like this is what I need but I feel like the difference at the time and I think there's still a big way to go is at least now there's at least the other side of like more positive TikTok um but maybe it existed on Tumblr I kind of highly doubt that um Mm -hmm. but there was like nothing else so no one was even saying like oh by the way like thigh gaps are genetic also the weight you keep on your body is genetic and where you keep it on your body is genetic also these girls maybe and probably do have eating disorders point being is um yeah I definitely want to chat more of like if you feel like social media is getting to a good place or do you feel like it's still more negative than positive I feel like it's kind of inevitable that it's always going to be a good mix of positive and negative um I am saying though like like kind of what I was saying about quarantine I feel like ever since we were put into a position where we were all so like helpless and there wasn't really anything we could do. Um, I feel like everyone started to focus on themselves and they kind of realized that a lot of their health can be in their hands. Obviously that's a very generalized comment, but a lot of people's health can, um, can be altered by, you know, their own actions. And so I feel like a lot of people are also realizing that about mental health and like what kind of things we absorb from social media. And I feel like, um, people are starting to curate more positive feeds for themselves. Obviously, I, I think I'm a little bit naive. Or I, I just like to look at the positives a little bit. So there's probably a lot of people that don't have good experience with social media at all. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's, like I was saying, inevitable that there's always going to be a mix of negative and positive. I just feel like we're at a point where it's easier to make a positive space for yourself you know like on TikTok you can do the not interested thing on videos where you like mm-hmm. hold it down and right can, right yeah you can like make your for you page whatever you want yeah I definitely agree I feel like I also say like oh there's still negative content out there but I'm also not even taking into account that like your for you page is dedicated to what you're interested in so like I barely see it and yet I still feel its presence so I can't imagine for let's say like a 14, 15 year old girl downloading the app starts seeing these like 1200 calories a day diets likes one of them like her for you page is probably like exponentially more filled with negative content that if we're still saying it's there I'm sure there's probably so much more than we're actually aware of Um, and something else I wanted to chat about as well is I feel like now even within the positive space, there's kind of this area of like contradictory messaging as well. Like there'll be like 1200 calorie, um, sorry, not 1200 calorie a day diets, but like um, healthy intuitive eating diets, whatever. 
but like you actually watch the video and it's still super restrictive in terms of like don't eat like whatever you want but make sure that it's all plant-based or eat whatever you want just make sure there's no added sugar in any of it which like can totally be great for some people and they might some people might need it for medical reasons but it's almost like people are kind of also promoting positivity while actually still promoting diet culture and I feel like that's when people are going to be most vulnerable to it especially young girls no definitely there's so much there's just so much misinformation out there um, I just feel like it's so important now. I mean, obviously it's hard when you're young because you don't really know better, but it's so important now to like check people's credentials and stuff. Like, not to say that people that don't have certain credentials don't know, but it, it's just a safer bet to like follow a registered dietitian rather than some random health influencer that's telling you to eat this and telling you that this isn't intuitive eating, like that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard. It's hard to see because it's like there's not really much that we can do. We can't really control what other people post, you know? There's, I'm, I'm thinking of this one video of this girl, and I don't know her name, but she's on TikTok, and she has a pretty big following. Um, and she, like, posted some video that was, like, top foods to avoid for bloating or something like that. And she, like, listed a bunch of really great foods, like – just high in fiber and stuff like that so mm-hmm. now people are like oh my god I have to be afraid of broccoli like what the fuck I mean sorry <laughs> like what the heck <laughs> so so no yeah. it's really hard I I swear I've always seen that same video I, I heard I remember what it was if it was like a podcast I was seeing the other day but someone said something around the same thing they're like um at like it, they were discussing how like we don't really know what's good and bad for you and they were like oh like broccoli is really great but also like it makes you bloat so should I not be eating it but like bloating is normal it just means you're like your stomach has food in it that's that's okay like it's just changing the dialogue on these things and I definitely agree with like we need to start looking at people's credentials and I feel like social media has kind of taken away the role of the professional at this point and it's created this dialogue of everyone's opinion is valid and everyone has a right to share their thoughts and they do of course like of course I believe in freedom of speech TikTok is amazing because it can amplify individual voices, especially people in vulnerable communities and who otherwise wouldn't have a strong voice. But at the same time, everyone's opinion isn't equal. If you have a dietitian telling you like, you should be eating this, especially if it's like in a one-on-one consultation versus a 17-year-old girl who says, I ate this and I feel my best. Their opinions aren't equal. Their experiences are, but like, when you're applying it to yourself, it's super important. And it's something that as a medical student, of course, I am not yet a doctor and I have to tread very carefully on and, and, I, and I am happy to tread carefully on because I don't want to tell anyone how to take care of themselves for their health. I can talk about what I do, it works for me. But even with that, I never want someone to think that they need to eat the way I do or actually the way I do in order to feel good because we are all so different. And that's something that I think no one really is talking about. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm in the on the route to become a dietitian, but I'm not yet a dietitian, and there's still so much I have to learn. Um, but I don't know. I feel I feel like people are starting to kind of get more into like listening to what they need and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way that my TikTok is now curated that I see like the comments that say like, oh. Like, no, this isn't true. Like, you should listen to what your body wants. You know what I mean? I don't know. That might just be, like, the TikTok's information that comes up for me. 
but I feel like we're kind of getting to a point where people know a little bit more I don't know that really could just be me being naive (laughs) yeah I mean I I think I'm overly optimistic at baseline so I do kind of agree Mm -hmm. um but I think it's kind of also amplifying the and not necessarily danger in our case, I mean, others of polarization of the internet of like, you're just going to see what your opinion is. Um, in our case, that's great. I love my for you page. It's just like <laughs> funny content, dogs and like super positive content that just like makes me feel great. But I feel like it's not everyone else's, which is really a shame. Uh, yeah. And they're probably seeing none of the stuff we're seeing. But like there was this one audio that I'd made like a couple of TikToks too that was about like just being like a girl boss or whatever and I thought it was so fun and then I saw like someone another person made a TikTok to this audio and it was like the fact that this audio isn't even trending but it's all over your for you page and it's like yeah like I've seen like a, like a hundred of these videos but there's only a thousand total which is like by TikTok standards not a trending audio and it's like if this is on your for you page like you're a girl boss I'm like yeah that's great but like the fact that no one else is seeing it because like that's just not their for you page. Like they don't care about that content. I hate that. Yeah, wait, that's honestly really interesting. Like TikTok creates everyone's little reality bubble. Yeah, which is kind of terrifying in a way. It's super terrifying, especially because so many young people are getting their news information from it. Yeah, I guess like that's my biggest piece of advice for younger people. And I guess all people of all ages, just do your own research and um, listen to professionals. Yes, of course. And kind of getting into that, I'd love to chat more about you being in school to become a dietitian because I think it's really interesting how you did your certified holistic health coach certification, which of course has a lot of value, but doesn't give you that kind of like on paper certification to, I guess, in a sense, dietitians are like prescribing diets, especially to people who are more vulnerable in any medical state. So, what kind of pushed you after doing your holistic health coach certification to be like, no, I also want to complete? this more so for lack of a better word professional degree however by no means saying that being a holistic health coach isn't really great as well no I totally know what you mean I honestly at the time so I was a fashion merchandising major when I started IAN and I just honestly had an interest in nutrition and I was like oh this is a nutrition school so I'm just gonna get this certification so I can be a health coach I didn't really think much of it And then as I started going through it more, I realized how complex health is and, and how much, you know, science is involved. Obviously, I I just was like on my own planet when I started IAN, but (laughs) I started realizing like, there's so much science involved. There's so much information, like not one person will ever be able to know all the information about health and, you know, everything. Um, And So honestly, it was more so when I started seeing like the kind of community that we had on social media, like in the health community, and kind of the opposite side of that, where there were a bunch of like the influencers that were giving information that was misinformation or just harmful and that kind of thing. And I wanted to be able to basically take facts or take scientific evidence and be able to be like no you're actually wrong like this is this is how we should be looking at it and and kind of spin things into a more positive light um I was really inspired by there's a dietitian on YouTube called Abby Sharp she's she's you know her Mm -hmm. she always she's kind of like sassy and funny I watch some of her videos and I I just love the way that she's able to um 
like take toxic diet culture information and kind of spin it and be like, no, well, that's like not the right way to look at it. And like, there's this evidence and this evidence. So that's kind of what encouraged me the most, I think. But now that I've completed IIN, I'm really excited to to kind of combine the two and take my dietetic degree and my holistic health coach certification and kind of mix the two and make more of a preventative health plan for people. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it, but I, I think the goal will probably be something in private practice where I'm able to kind of teach younger people about nutrition and kind of how food can prevent a lot of you know, health issues down the line and mental issues down the line and that kind of thing, generally speaking. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes, but it's honestly constantly evolving. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I'd kind of love to get your opinion on this more because something I was chatting with about with a friend earlier was about how like when we're in high school or elementary school, like people either tell you like you're good at something or you're bad at it. And like, that's just the schema you create. And I was saying how like, I don't think that it's like, a certain quality in someone that makes them good at science and ready to be a dietitian or a doctor or a nurse or something. It's kind of just like being interested in it and then putting your time into it. So if you kind of went into college thinking you wanted to do fashion and marketing, which of course is great and something I also love as well. But then once you actually found interest in health and science, you suddenly wanted to study it and, and got yourself into dietetics. I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on that as well. Like, do you feel like you kind of thought that that would be never something you wanted to go down the route of? Or did you always think that like, maybe in your back pocket, you'd go into a science related field? Absolutely not. I always hated science. I was so bad at it in high school. My sister was always the one that was math and science. And I was always like, creative English, like that kind of stuff. Like I just didn't, I just didn't have the attention span to listen to like a boring like science or math class. Um, in high school, at least. And what's funny is it turns out that she's the one in New York pursuing acting, and now I'm the one pursuing a science major. Um, but I actually started at UT as a psychology major, but psychology Bachelor of Arts. I specifically chose Bachelor of Arts because I didn't want anything to do with science. <laughs> and then I kind of realized, no, nah, I don't think I want to have a career in this. And so I switched to fashion, fashion um, and textiles and everything. And then once I got really interested in nutrition and kind of realized there are so many routes I could go with this, um, that is when I kind of more so committed to the science aspect. It's still very much um, an obstacle I have to work through every single day, but I, I'm a big believer that everything is what you make of it. So if you want to put the effort into something, I think it'll kind of be obvious to you. Maybe not always. It's a super general comment, obviously, but I think I just knew that nutrition would be worth it in the long run for me. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. No, it it totally does because I think it's um, no one really tells you that though. Like I feel like in high school, it's like if you're bad at it, then you should drop it. I don't know what it's like for you in in Texas, but for us, we can drop science after grade ten. So people who didn't like it just like dropped it in after 10th grade and you never have to take science again. And if you don't like math, you can take like, you don't have to take it in grade 12. I don't think I don't remember exactly. Um, But that's such a young age to make those decisions, especially with no one telling you like, hey, even if it's not your strong suit, like you can put in the time if you're interested in it. And like, these are the careers that you could take down with it. And they're not all like strictly sitting in a lab and doing science. 
Um, but I feel like it takes away from so many young people learning the basics of nutrition or even the human body. Um, and then it becomes so much harder to understand the information we see on the internet. Um, and this isn't to say that everyone needs to go down the science route, but I just wonder how many more people would and would be interested in it if they had that kind of conversation and people um, told them about their options. Totally. I think I think the biggest piece of advice that I another big piece of advice that I would give to younger generations is to learn as much as you can. Like I know in high school, we're all like, no, I, I don't want to do school. I just want to like have fun, whatever. At least that was my perspective. <laughs> um, and I was before college, I was constantly telling my parents, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to college. I just want to move to LA and do something creative. I want to be a singer. I want to be an actor, like all this stuff. And I am so, so grateful. And obviously that's a very um, privileged point of view. And I'm like super aware of that now. <laughs> I was like, like I said earlier in my own bubble, but I really didn't want to come to college because I just didn't think it was worth it for me. And now I am so grateful that my parents like really pushed me to come and try a bunch of new things. Like the more that I learn about literally every subject or every course that I take, the more I'm like, oh my God, I could go down this route when I'm older. I could do this. I, I think that society really, really encourages us to like pick a route and stay with it. Or at least like that's kind of how it was for maybe our parents' generation where they just like stay in the same field for years and years and years and they don't ever switch. But um, that's why I think our generation, it's really cool to be living in our generation because there are so many routes that we can take and we're so encouraged to try a bunch of do new things and different things. Like even you and me, we are, we are both going down super specific paths, but we also are are not afraid to try you know social media and like kind of do lifestyle and fashion and just kind of we don't have to put all of our eggs in one basket you know what I mean yeah exactly I mean I think it's also yes going down different paths like changing your career back down the line but also just finding ways to integrate them like I grew up always I really did enjoy like science and math growing up but I also would always be doodling like sketches of like outfits that I wanted to make or I was always like I was editing videos for like my YouTube channel when I was in grade seven like <laughs> I always like still enjoyed the creative aspect of things but when I got to undergrad and I did my undergrad in I started off in general science and then specialized into neuroscience there was no room for that like I think we had a few electives and like one time I took a musical theater course for fun because I like Wicked and like that was great <laughs> um, but other than that uh, no one really talks about how you can integrate it. And I think what's important to remember is that even in the scientific fields, like there's so much creativity required, especially humanity, if you're working with patients, which of course, both doctors and dietitians would be. So I think it really does a disservice for us to be polarizing them so early on um, and telling people they got to pick one or the other. So I just, I find your story really interesting how you're integrating it all. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh, I was going to say that my dad is actually a huge inspiration for me. My Well, actually, both my parents are in different ways. My mom has switched her career like multiple times. She's gotten multiple degrees. She just constantly just going for whatever she's drawn to at the time, which I think is so admirable and so like brave. And it's just it's cool to see how passionate she is about each topic. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, my dad has stayed in the same job ever since he was like 25. And now he's like wow. 50 something, um, like the exact same job. But he does such a good job of integrating his hobbies. So like he always goes to like he's super into 
concerts and like race cars and that kind of thing so he always makes sure like he prioritizes that kind of stuff um like he likes to like race his car and like that kind of thing so I just feel like those are two really good examples and I'm I'm really grateful to have both of them as role models in just such different ways but both so inspiring if that makes sense yeah no that's so nice to hear Mm -hmm. so the next thing I wanted to kind of chat about is I feel like even within like my education in medical school, but also on social media and such, there now that we are sort of shifting this understanding of intuitive eating and holistic health and not necessarily like prescriptive diets for everyone and bioindividuality and, and all the things we discussed, it's almost like the the qualification of a registered dietitian in some ways becomes slightly negative because it's promoting like a diet. But of course, anyone who is a registered dietitian or actually knows what they does know that it's not just like, oh, follow this diet plan and that's it. But is that something you've encountered a lot? I guess, like, have you encountered diet culture within your your education? Or do you feel like even within your education, they're shifting towards more holistic ideals? I feel like it really, really depends on where you're looking. I think it's, I don't know, you really get such a, a, a spectrum such a variety of of people because there are dietitians that obviously are very you know they follow the books and they follow like everything like and make everything super black and white and then there's also like the other side of the spectrum where it's like very much intuitive and and not so black and white there's a lot of gray space and you know it really just depends on each individual person and that kind of thing I'm I'm grateful for my IIN experience because I feel like it really kind of started my um, research in like holistic health and that kind of thing. And so now I have more of like a, um, an ear for it and I, and I'm looking more for like holistic ways of looking at things. But I also think that my, I'm really lucky that a lot of my professors tend to look at nutrition more from a holistic point of view now. Um, I think also people are realizing that that food really can be used as more of a preventative measure. So I feel like personally, I would like to work on getting nutrition classes to be more required in younger grades all over the world. I just feel like making a nutrition class required for people in like elementary or middle school or something can help prevent so many health issues and and you can also make classes about like you know cooking healthy foods on a budget and that kind of thing like that's kind of what my mom actually teaches she teaches um healthy recipes on a budget um so I don't know you you really you have to be careful who you talk to and where you look on the internet and and kind of like I was saying do your own research because you really will see both the black and white and the more like gray dietitians um it's kind of up to you to figure it out but I'm grateful that a lot of my professors tend to be more you know in the gray and understand that everyone's super bio-individual and everything like that I totally, totally agree. I'm currently on um, what we call in med school a reading elective. Basically, we can take one of our elective periods and like do a project and learn more about an area of medicine that we're super interested in. Um, So I picked lifestyle medicine, which is exactly what we're talking about, kind of preventative medicine, the lifestyle factors of disease, which are 
of course, huge. And I won't get into it because I probably wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> but I'm working with a family physician who specializes in this. And I'm creating like uh, basically like an ebook, but like a guidebook of just breaking down like, what is a carb? What is a fat? What's a saturated fat? Like, why is it bad for you? But in simple words, because we tell everyone like, oh, just eat healthier. And then we start also shaming people who don't, but we don't realize that like, we're so privileged to have our education on it. Because similar mm-hmm. to yourself, I grew up in a house where my mom, she was never, she never took a degree or anything in, in health or nutrition, but was just super cognizant of it. Sometimes also saying things that maybe weren't based in science, but not out of any harm, just kind of what she read, but always trying to make sure we weren't eating like food coloring and additive and preservatives and eating whole grains. So I grew up with that vocabulary, but I didn't realize until I got to med school and started working with patients, people don't even have the vocabulary to begin with. Or like you're saying, even know a singular recipe to make or have actual utensils in their kitchen to cook with. Like there's so many barriers that go so far back that we really just got to start with the basics. And I totally agree. It's starting at a younger age because that is when you're kind of dictating in some cases, the health projection for the rest of your life. But no one tells you that when you're in high school. I do think it's really important that just as a society, we make it more obvious and more make people more aware of of how you know nutritionally dense food doesn't necessarily have to come at such a high cost Mm -hmm. like there are ways of doing it on a budget yeah I mean I think the first thing people always ask me if I say I don't eat meat they're like oh you're just eating like those seven dollar beyond meat burgers every day and I'm like look you know beyond meat's great I eat it sometimes but like most days I'm eating like rice spinach black beans like salsa Mm -hmm. like that meal is probably like what a dollar when you add it up Mm -hmm. way cheaper than buying like um processed food from a restaurant or even buying tons of red meat or something um so yeah it's definitely just increasing the vocabulary on that and I think it's also recognizing for those of us who do feel like we grew up either privileged in terms of having access to this education or privileged in terms of the food options we were able to afford when we did find the education on our own. Either way, it's it's also recognizing that. And you don't need to apologize for it. You can put your health first, but also think of ways of how you can minimize um, your bias towards other people and just reduce the stigma of if someone's eating unhealthy, it's not, you don't need to judge them for it. You need to try to understand where they're at and where you can meet them because it's not as simple as they don't care about their health. And I feel like that's the biggest myth we see in our society. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I actually, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I cringe at the thought of myself from like freshman year of college because I used to be that person that would be like, it would like they eat fast food every single day. Like what's going on? Like, why are they doing that? And just so many people are just so unaware. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not their fault whatsoever. They might think that, like, adding, you know, a bag of apples to a McDonald's meal is, like, the super nutritionally dense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they might just not be aware or they might not have the resources to have anything that that we might deem as higher quality or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I I cringe at who I used to be. I'm so glad (laughs) I I learned from that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's maybe not everyone, but I think it's definitely thoughts I've had before growing up as well because we grew up learning if someone's overweight it's because they're eating too much fast food and they don't care about their health but as we're saying that's so not the case but we don't have to go down that road anymore because I can probably ramble forever on this topic (laughs) um but I'd love to ask you a slightly tangential question to all of this um you're like talking to you about your perspective now and the point you've reached with 
your body and what you eat and the way you feel. Um, I know at least for myself, even though I feel like I'm in such a positive spot with where I'm at um, mentally and physically, there are definitely still off days or days where I wake up and I look in the mirror and like the body dysmorphia hits and I'm like, oh, I look huge. I probably look exactly the same. And again, even if I did, that's not a dictation of my health. But anyways, um, definitely still have bad days. And I feel like that's something that is also being spoken about slowly on social media. But I'd love to hear how you if you have these days as well, how do you deal with them? And remind yourself that a bad day doesn't mean you've lost all your progress. I definitely have bad body image days, bad you know, just mental days. Um, I think everyone does. If people say that they don't, then I don't think that they're super in tune with how they're feeling. Um, but I think how I used to handle it was really unhealthy just because I would wake up and be like, oh, I don't look a certain way. So that means I'm going to have a bad body image day. Like, I don't want to, I don't feel good about myself, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and I would kind of try to fix it by maybe, you know, skipping a meal or, eating something I wasn't really in the mood for, like a, I don't know, like a super light soup or like a salad that I didn't like, that kind of thing, just to make myself feel um, like I was at a place physically where I felt better. Whereas now I feel like I've gotten more to a point where it's like I wake up and if I'm having a bad day, it's not necessarily based on how I look. It's more how I feel. It's more like, oh, I feel really lethargic or uh, I feel like painfully bloated, like that kind of thing. Um, And so now I think a really good tool that a lot of people are learning is more so more than trying to fix it in a way is just kind of trying to learn from it. So now if I wake up super bloated or just super uncomfortable, um, I kind of try to use the tool of thinking back like, oh, like what did I eat yesterday that might have upset my stomach? What did I eat that kind of made me feel inflamed, that kind of thing. And I, I don't necessarily cut it out in the future. I just maybe learn from it and start to incorporate other foods instead of it. Um, but honestly, on bad body image days, I don't really do much. I try to make myself as comfortable as possible. And I tend to do things that comfort me. So I'll take a bath. I will wear sweatpants and a big sweatshirt. I'll watch some TV or... Honestly, sometimes I'm like too busy to even pay attention to it. And that works fine. Also, I just always try to make sure that I check why I might be not feeling my best. Um, Maybe someone, I don't know, made a comment or I was around someone that doesn't necessarily make me feel my best energy wise. So I just kind of try to get in touch with the cause of why I might be feeling negatively. And I try to go from there. Yeah, I like how you mentioned how sometimes, yeah, maybe you did eat something that upset your stomach. But oftentimes, it's also like, what did you read yesterday? What did someone say to you? Or like, what did you think about when you woke up this morning? Like, whatever it may be, like, oftentimes, if you're someone who has struggled with a negative relationship with your body, with food, with your mental health in the past, sometimes you're just going to have bad days. And it's also sometimes just accepting that it's just a bad day. But remind yourself that it's it's just 24 hours, you know, maybe 48 if the next day is not that great either. But it doesn't mean that suddenly you're back to where you started. Um, it's okay to have bad days. It would be weird if you didn't, I would say. You are always yeah. just happy. Like you're saying, I, that's they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. They're either lying to you or they just are not aware. And I think yeah. a lot of people are just not aware. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, 
just kind of realizing that everything is temporary. So even when you're like, even now when I'm in a place or like a state of mind where I'm super confident and I'm feeling really good, I, I try to be really actively aware and present and kind of realize like, oh my God, I feel so good right now. I'm really going to try to enjoy it because I know that even this is temporary um, and there will be bad days, but honestly, as cliche it is, as cliche as it is, um, the good days wouldn't feel as good if there weren't bad days. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how you have to think about it. Everything is temporary and a lot of things are out of our control. So 100%. I don't know. It's easier yeah. said than done, but a lot of things we just can't control. So might as well let them be. <laughs> and I think it's also like you're saying on those good days where you just like, you are just feeling yourself. Like you feel on top of the world. You love yourself. You love your surroundings. You love who you are. Also check in on like what those triggers were. Trigger we hear is kind of a bad word sometimes, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like there's also really positive triggers. Like who are you surrounding yourself with that day that's making you happy? What did you do that day? What habits did you incorporate? What kind of lifestyle are you living? What did you do the day before? So like also check in with yourself there because then you can start to replicate that more and more rather than just avoid the negative. Also bring in more of the positives to your life. I feel like it's something that, I'm recently learning as well. Yeah, definitely. I I think, yeah, it's it's so much more than just like checking in with how like a food or like an exercise made you feel. It's exactly what you were saying. Like, honestly, sometimes just certain situations or certain people can make you feel negatively about yourself. And I feel like a lot of people in society kind of judge themselves and are like, okay, wait, why are they making me not feel my best like why don't I necessarily like to hang out with these people and when in reality like a lot of a lot of times like people just don't mesh or like you don't necessarily mesh with like a certain situation or experience or that kind of thing um and I feel like just listening to that and understanding that also sometimes we evolve and and you grow and other people don't grow or other people grow into a different way or something like that I feel like acknowledging that and accepting that is also a really good um, way of moving forward too. 100%. And I guess to summarize, my last question is, if there's one piece of advice you could give to your younger self, whether that's like last year or at 16, interpret how, how you wish, but what would you tell them to kind of get through those, those hurdles, which honestly, unfortunately, um, are, are very normal for a lot of us? So I, I answered this on the podcast also with Maya the other day. Um, I don't really believe in looking back and like giving myself advice or like wanting to change things just because I've always really had the point of view of everything is a lesson and it's very cliche and, and whatever, but it does kind of work for me. Um, and so I don't really like to look back and like want to change things just because I feel like if I hadn't gone through those periods of insecurities or making mistakes and that kind of thing, I would never have gotten to where I am today. And I'd probably be very much in a stagnant place and kind of settling for things that maybe aren't settling for things that I have, uh, more potential to get out of like that kind of thing, whether that be friendships or, school majors like that kind of thing um so I don't know I don't really think I have any advice for myself 
other than to just take everything as a lesson, because I really do think the good and bad experiences are all lessons that we can learn from and move forward from. And if I didn't have bad experiences, then they would not have shaped me into who I am today. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I guess it's just almost like the advice is just to be present and cognizant of your life as it's happening. So you can actually improve it for the better, um, finding out what's working for you, finding out what's not like really what we were just talking about, because I feel like a lot of it kind of like, kind of like what I was saying with when in high school, maybe I was dealing with this stuff, but I didn't even acknowledge it. Um, which I guess is a positive because it didn't really weigh as heavy, but was still happening. Um, but just evaluating your life for where it's at and not being afraid to say you want to change something or also not being afraid to celebrate when you feel like you've made progress and you're happy with where you're at as well. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. (laughs) Well, it's been so nice chatting with you. Um, Honestly, we got off topic. Like you guys don't know I have an outline, but like we we went all over the place, but somehow (laughs) ended up back here. Um, But thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure and such a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and definitely make sure to (laughs) follow Katerina on all our socials. We'll have everything linked um, down below in the description. But yeah, any last words? I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your awesome podcast. And yeah, that's all I really have to say. Just do your own research and be kind to yourself. Thank you guys so, so much if you made it to the end of the episode. I hope you guys took something valuable away from today. If you have any big takeaways, any questions or thoughts, please feel free to DM me. They are always, always open to you guys. I also just want to say I really appreciate anyone who is leaving any reviews on Apple Podcasts, subscribing to the podcast on Spotify. You guys know the jazz. Also on Instagram, make sure to follow it. You are not too busy podcast and follow my personal account, No More Wellness. Thank you guys again for coming. Have an absolutely beautiful week and I love you guys so much.